I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 56, Prepare Ye for the Coming of the Bridegroom, Studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 133 through 134. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home, too. Hello, hello. I am sans baby today. Um, My husband is home. I'm doing this in the evening. I was going to say late at night, but it's like 8.30. But it feels really late. It's been one of those days. You know what I mean? So, um, we're going to hop to it. Like little bunny rabbits, except for slightly less bouncy. Okay. So, let's talk about some stuff. We're going to jump straight in, verse 100, just kidding, um, section 133, verses 5 and 6. And I love these verses because I feel like they, t- like, in these verses, I feel like you're not, it's, you're not, this is not an, a, a solo effort, okay? Like, this is team effort stuff. We're supposed to work together. Um, I have talked to my husband several times about like, especially around general conference, like how come we don't just do general conference? Like it's always so uplifting. We always love it. And on the one hand, it's like, okay, obviously if we did general conference, like every single week, it would just be like, oh man, my Saturday and Sunday is completely gone because it wouldn't be this special twice a year occurrence. It would be an every week thing. Um, also we would lose our opportunities to serve. We would lose our opportunities to speak often to one another. Um, we would lose our opportunities to be with each other. And those opportunities are also necessities to our ability to grow and progress and become more like Christ, right? Um, I also still in 133, I also love verses 11 and then also um, 15 through 16 because, and I wrote down be prepared, which of course, if you're a 90s baby, you can't hear the words be prepared without Scar singing in your head and like a hyena army marching around in your brain, right? Um, I hope, <laughs> at least that's what happens in my brain. Um, but I love this idea that we don't know, right? <laughs> Which is so weird for me because I am a planner. Like I want to know things. Like I remember when we first started having kids or when we first decided okay, it's time to start having babies. I remember joking with somebody that I wished I was able to see like, okay, final product of your family. You have this many kids, this many boys, this many girls, this is the order that they come in. And then I could just like rest easily and be like, okay, let's do this. Um, but honestly, I don't know that I would have because when Jake and I first got married, we talked about having six kids. Um, after we had my oldest, after we had Julia, um, or our oldest, um, we were like, this is a lot harder than we thought. How about we play this by ear? And so um, now we are officially done having children and we have four kids, two boy or two girls and one or two boys. Oh my gosh, I can't count today. We have two little girls and we have two little boys <laughs> in that order. And, um, 
And so I think if I would have known, maybe I would have been like, well, no, I'm going to do more. And that would have been detrimental because we feel like this is exactly the right number for our family. Um, anyway, so my point being, I'm a planner. I like knowing things. I like being able to do things in advance and be able to get things done and check off my list of, oh, we're going to Disneyland. Okay, here's, we need to buy tickets and then we need to do this and then we need to do that. We need to make sure we reserve um, hotel rooms. And I like to go on a trip having had all of my tickets and um, hotel stays and rent-a-cars and everything already pre-paid for, pre-set up, pre-scheduled and like good to go. I mean, even with this podcast, I like to pre-schedule things, right? I'm over here. This will launch November 15th. Currently it's October 26th. Um, so I like to do things in advance. And so it's very strange to me that I actually really like the idea that we don't know when Christ will come. We don't know when he comes back. Um, for ye know neither the day nor the hour, right? And for me, what this does for me, who is a planner, I also have a tendency, not going to lie, with things that I'm a little nervous about, with things that I'm not as sure about, um, I have a tendency to also procrastinate. So I think if I knew, oh, well, Jesus is coming back on August 25th in 2075, then I'd be like, Am I even going to be alive by then? I mean, I don't even know, right? Like I, I, I'd be able to plan and maybe my plans would be like, well, in 2074, I'll like clean up life, but I'm not gonna worry about it until then. Um, I don't know. I feel like some people would. And I think that that's also probably a good reason why heavenly father and Christ are sitting and keeping it hush hush. Um, because he wants us to be prepared. Um, here's the thing I love most about verses 15 and 16. Okay. He says, let not your flight be in haste, but let all things be prepared before you. Um, and this is what I'm thinking about. Okay. When I read this, this is immediately what pops into my head. You should be prepared, right? We don't know when the Lord is coming back. But when he does come back, you shouldn't be scrambling to try and make this work. This shouldn't look like Pompeii where we get frozen mid making a meal because we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, we should, we don't know the day or the hour, so we should be consistently preparing. We should be consistently doing the things we need to be doing in order to be ready if at any second the savior comes back and we're like, okay, let's do this. We're ready. Let's, let's go. Um, I, my dad was in the military when I was growing up. And one of the things that we learned early on was to have a go bag. Um, and essentially what that is, is it's a bag that has things that you need. If you need to just get up and go, you grab that bag and you can leave your house. You don't have to pack anything. You don't have to be throwing things in at the last minute. It has everything that you need to just get up and go. Right. Um, and that's what I always called my, um, my bag when I had babies, I'd be like, Oh, I need to pack my go bag for when we, we need to go to the hospital. 
Um, and I, it was always packed. It was ready to go. I mean, I think I probably had to like throw in a toothbrush or something like that, but for the most part, that and a phone charger, <laughs> I was ready to go. Um, and so I love this idea that we need to be doing the daily things, reading our scriptures, repenting, um, following the commandments, saying our prayers, really creating that relationship between us and our Heavenly Father and our Savior so that when the time comes, we're ready. Our go bag is packed. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was verses 21 and 20 through 24. And I, this is talking about once the Savior comes, right? He shall utter his voice out of Zion and shall speak from Jerusalem and his voice shall be heard among all people. Okay. What's coming next is probably my favorite part. It shall be a voice as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder, which shall break down the mountains and the valley shall not be found. He shall command the great deep and it shall be driven back into the north countries and the islands shall become one land and the land of Jerusalem and the land of Zion shall be turned back into their own place and the earth shall be like it was in the days before it was divided. Pangea, anyone? Um, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to stand by either a waterfall, um, or a raging river or the ocean, um, in Hawaii, um, during the winter months, the North shore gets pounded on super, super huge swells, um, there's actually in Waimea Bay, um, there is, the the Beach Boys call it Waimea, drives me nuts every time, <laughs> but Waimea Bay, um, there is a surf competition that occasionally happens oh, probably every couple of years. It has to be, it's called the Eddy. Um, there's a whole story behind it. If I highly recommend reading Eddie Would Go, um, just a little tidbit there. I um, highly recommend it, but there's a surf competition called the Eddie and they can only compete if the waves are 25 feet or higher, which I don't know if you've ever been around waves, but that's a giant wave, huge. Um, and here's the thing about those giant waves. When you hear them like crash on the beach, it's loud. It's one of those, it's one of those feelings like, have you ever been to a concert and you can like feel the bass beat in your heart? Like you can feel it in your body or, um, uh, fireworks is another example where like you can like feel the percussion in your body. You can like feel it in your heart. And that's what I picture when I think about a voice of many waters, a voice of great thunder, um, which shall break down mountains right? And I love this idea because it's kind of the polar opposite of the Holy Ghost, right? This entire time we are being led by the Holy Ghost, which is repeatedly um, described as the still small voice, right? A still voice, a small voice, whereas the voice of the Savior when he returns is going to be a voice of many waters, right? That's movement, a voice of thunder, of lightning. That's movement. Um, 
and it's loud. It is, it's not still, it's not small. This is going to be moving and it's going to be loud. There will be no denying the power behind this voice. And I think that it's important to also kind of recognize that when the Savior came to this world, it was still and it was small in this little um, place where sheep live and cows live, a little stable. You know, this little baby was born in this still small moment. Um, but when he comes again, it's going to be movement. It's going to be loud, right? It's going to be noticed. There will not be anybody who will be able to deny what's happening. Okay. Um, the, let's see, the last kind of thing, let's see. <laughs> the last one I kind of want to talk about, um, actually we're going to talk about two. Well, we're going to jump, we're going to kind of go backwards, but anyway, so 133 verses 66 through 73. Um, and this is again talking about Christ. Um, and I like this section because I feel like, or this section of verses rather, I feel like this section of verses is really the, again, talking about Christ's power. Um, and so go in there, read that. Um, this is the one I really want to end on. Okay. Section 133, verse 48, and I'm actually just going to read this. Okay. And the Lord shall be read in his apparel and his garments like him that treadeth in the wine vat. Um, has anybody ever seen <laughs> the episode of I Love Lucy where she wants to, um, become like the wine. She goes to Italy and is like jumping around on grapes. She wants to be in this movie. Anyway, she ends up like turning purple because she's gets in a fight with the local ladies when she's squishing the grapes. Doesn't get in the movie, but, um, here's my point, right? Being in the wine vat, you get stained by the wine. You get stained by the juice of the grapes. And in the scriptures, we are told repeatedly that the Lord is able to wash our garments so that they are white, that they are pure again, right? Um, and I don't think it is a coincidence that the garment that we wear after we go through the temple is also white. Um, and I like the imagery here of the fact that the savior will appear to us in red. His garments will be like him that treadeth in the wine that he shall appear or he shall be red in his apparel. Um, because we talk about how the savior has taken upon himself, all of our sins. He's taken upon himself, all of our hurt right? All of our shortcomings. And we will be able to visually see this when everybody else shows up in white and he is there in red, still stained with all of that. Um, and I just like the imagery there that even, um, I've always, okay. Rewind a little bit. The one thing I've always thought is really cool 
and this kind of makes me, this scripture makes me think of this as well, is the fact that the imperfections and the things that are wrong with our bodies here, right? Bethany Hamilton is missing part of her arm because a shark bit it off. There are people who are missing parts of their legs because of cancer, because of war. Um, there are people who are born with parts of their body that don't work properly. Um, all these different things, right? Different skin diseases, different life that happens and scars our bodies in different ways. All of these things will be taken from us and our bodies will be made perfect. And Christ, who was born into this world perfect, in his resurrected form, he holds the scars of the nails from when he was crucified. And I think that in this same way, because of his sacrifice, because of his love for us, um, he's able to hold on to what would be considered the weak things, right? He's able to hold on to the scars. He holds on to the red. He holds on um, to the imperfections that are ours so that we can give them up in the next life. And I think that that is the most important part, that we give them up. We have to make the conscious effort to choose to hand it over to the Lord. And I don't think handing it over to the Lord means like, oh, hey, this is yours now. I don't need to hold it anymore. I think it's more of like tying your yoke to his kind of thing where let's carry this together and trust the process, right? Trust um, that Heavenly Father and Christ are going to take you where you need to go. Um, the weak things of the earth shall be made strong. And through the weak things, um, this is in, in uh, still in 133 in verses 59 through 61. He says, by the weak things of the earth, the Lord shall thresh the nations by the power of his spirit. Um, I've been thinking a lot about weak things this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that the most important thing is that our weaknesses, um, one of my favorite people uh, has said often that our weaknesses are our strengths overused, right? Um, if you don't follow Jody more, you should. But I think our weaknesses are those opportunities when we fall short, they give us the opportunity to watch God's hand work, right? If we were strong in everything that we did, we wouldn't need to ask for help. We wouldn't need to lean on anybody else. We wouldn't need to kneel down, right? Um, and so I think our weaknesses drive us to Heavenly Father, but they also allow us to witness His power through us. Um, things that we consider our weaknesses. And I think, I honestly think that there are going to be some things that we consider our weaknesses that Heavenly Father doesn't consider a weakness for us. 
And perhaps there's some things that we consider our strengths that are actually some weaknesses. I don't know. Um, but I challenge you this week, maybe to pray and ask Heavenly Father what your weaknesses are. What are your strengths? Because if anybody's going to know, he's going to know. Um, and through your weaknesses, you can watch miracles unfold in your life. And I will talk to you next week.